Thank you, Dave. I hope, uh, you know, this week I have had the, uh, the opportunity to preach at two funerals, and one of them, uh, that was the song that they sang. And as, I was, as Dave was singing that, I was thinking through my mind again, aren't you glad that God's faithfulness is not dependent on my faithfulness? Aren't you glad that God is not only as faithful as you are as faithful? Because the truth is we fail God a lot, don't we? But the, also the truth is Jesus never fails. Are you, th- are you thankful for that this morning? We're going to continue this series, and I want you to get a pen out. I want you to get your bulletin out, and I want you to take some notes. The first thing I want you to, to write down this morning is really what's going to kind of direct us. This is uh, part two of Guard Your Heart in Proverbs chapter number four. And this is a statement, things of great value are worth great protection. Things of great value are worth great protection. So I think the reverse of that would also be true, that things of little value are worth little protection. So two weeks ago, we were in the series here, we started this this thought, guard your heart, number one. We were in Proverbs chapter 4, key verse was was Proverbs 4.23, to guard or to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And so this idea, we, we, we left two weeks ago with this question, and we spent a long time getting to the question, and the question was pretty simple, is your heart worth guarding? Things of great value are worth great protection, but things of little value are worth little protection. And the assumption here in Proverbs 4.23 is, that your heart is of great value. But Jeremiah tells us that your heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can trust it? So the question we left with last or two weeks ago, is your heart worth protecting? So the rest of the day we're going to spend talking about some practical things of guarding your heart with the assumption that your heart is worth protecting. And so before we get into the practical things, maybe you weren't here two weeks ago, and maybe you were here two weeks ago, but you need to hear it again, is the reality is that if if Christ is not in you, then your heart is of no value. It's wicked. Therefore, it's not worth protecting. And so really, this verse, 423, doesn't apply to you. So the rest of the message on the practical ways of guarding your heart really is of no value because the truth is your heart is of no value unless you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And so I want to just take a minute at the beginning of the message this morning before we get into the practical aspect of it is for you to wrestle with the question. The question we asked two weeks ago, is your heart worth protecting? If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you never placed your faith in Jesus Christ for your salvation, then the answer is no, your heart is not worth protecting. When I was 17 years old, I, I grew up in church my entire life. Some of you may or may not know my dad uh, has been a pastor since I was 11 months old, the lead pastor of a church since I was 11 months old. I grew up in church all my life, always had to go to church, sometimes wanted to, sometimes, most of the time didn't want to go to church. And at the age of 17, I realized that all this church attendance really didn't do anything for me. I, I knew a lot of Bible verses. I knew a lot of Bible stories, but I didn't know Jesus. My heart was wicked and deceitful. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. All means, guess what? 
You guys are so smart. It means all. Everyone. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of said sin. So everyone, we've all sinned, yes or no? We're all in agreement. The punishment, the wages for your sin, Romans 6.23 says, is death. Eternal separation from God. Why? Because you have a wicked heart. You, have, you are a sinner. The rest of that verse, though, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. I can have a new heart. I can have a saved heart. Remember what we said about saved, redeemed, renewed, made new. I think of when, when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3. How can I enter the kingdom of God? And he's kind of, he's a religious person, right? But he still has a wicked heart. And what did Jesus say? No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born again, unless he has a new heart. So I want you to wrestle with the question this morning before we go any farther is do you have, has your heart been made new? Do you have a new heart? The wages of sin is death, and your punishment for your sin is eternal separation from God, your creator. But Ephesians says one of the greatest words you'll ever hear. Grace. For by, fill in the blank, grace. Let's do that again. For by grace you are saved. Through what? So, grace is what saves me, the grace of God. Not my, not my good looks. Thank God. Not my good works. And again, I would say, thank God. How do I have a new heart? The grace of God. For by grace, you are saved. Grace is what saves me. But how do I get that grace? How do I get to God's grace? It's through faith. Placing my faith in Jesus Christ and acknowledging that I'm not good enough, I'll never be good enough, my sin is so bad, my heart is so wicked, that I will spend eternity in hell paying for my sins unless I receive the grace that God has given to me through Jesus by placing my faith in Jesus Christ as the only way to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is your only ticket to heaven. So have you placed your faith in Jesus? 1 Corinthians 15 says that we must believe that Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he came back to life to pay the penalty of your sin debt. And if you've never done that this morning, I'm going to ask you to do that right now. I want to close your eyes for a moment this morning. Now this is normally the end of the service, so don't get excited. It's not the end of the service, okay? Listen, the rest of the message is pointless for me to tell you how to guard your heart if your heart has no value. And maybe this morning, maybe you were here two weeks ago and you wrestled with this question and you've been wrestling with it for two weeks and, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, why not make the decision right now? It's simply placing your faith in Jesus Christ for your salvation, for your eternity, for your forgiveness of sins, and it's simply to believe, to confess, and to repent. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer this morning. 
And if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ and you want to place your faith in his grace, then I'm going to ask you right now where you're seated to repeat after me. You can say it out loud if you choose to, but you don't have to. It's you talking to God. You can do it right there in the silence of your seat this morning. If, if, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, and you can repeat these words after me, it's not to me, it's to God. Jesus, I want to give you my life. I realize this morning I'm a sinner. I surrender my life to you. I believe you died for me. I believe you were placed in a tomb. I believe you came back to life. I believe Jesus, you're the only way to God. I confess my sins. I repent of my sins. I'm asking you right now to save me. In the quietness of this hour, as our eyes are still closed, what would anyone say today, John? I just prayed that prayer for the first time. Just put your hand up for a moment. Our eyes are closed. I'm going to look around and just leave your hand up for a moment. Anyone like that this morning, just put your hand up. Thank you. Anyone else, just put your hand up. Leave it up for a moment. I'm looking around. I'm trying to to spot you a couple there in the stadium. Thank you. Anyone else this morning, just put your hand up. God, we come before you today, and Lord, we thank you for these who have made a decision today. God, I pray if there's others in here this morning that have not made this decision, that before they leave today, they would make that decision. Lord, be with us in the next few minutes as as we look at practical ways to guard our heart. Lord, it's your name we pray. Amen. Proverbs 4.23. Let's read verses 20 through 27, all right? Proverbs 4.20 through 27. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Here's the key verse here, verse 23. Keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and your perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Verse 27, do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Now, when we think about this verse, 23, guard your heart. Again, the assumption as Solomon, King, uh, King Solomon is writing to his son, we also can understand to apply this that when it speaks of the father, Solomon speaking to his son, that we can also apply this as God is the father speaking to his children. So that's us who've placed our faith in Jesus Christ. When it speaks of wisdom, especially in these first nine chapters, Most oftentimes it's referencing Jesus Christ. So in order to pursue wisdom, I am really pursuing Christ. In order to gain wisdom, I am gaining Christ. Now when we think about this idea of guarding your heart, there's really two ways of thinking about guarding your heart. There's like this offensive way and a defensive way, right? So if how many of you are really excited that we are getting close to football season? 
Can I get your hand up all right? Okay. How many of you could care less about football season? All right. We'll pray for you. So I spent several years coaching football. And one thing I have learned in coaching football is you know what the best defense is? A good offense, right? You guys know too. Vice versa as well. When we think about guarding our hearts, so let's look at this in two ways. So when you think about a security guard, a security guard is trying to keep the, the bad people out, right? And a prison guard is trying to keep the bad people what? In. All right, so we're going to guard both what comes in and what goes out. And as you, you know, as a kid, you were told as your parents, your parents told you what goes in will what? Come out, right? So you guys know this. Know this. So it's just both aspects of guarding our heart. Guarding what we put in and also guarding what comes out of our life. And many times those are linked together, aren't they? So the first one, if you got your outline this morning in the bulletin, the first one is when ideas of how are we going to guard our heart. Number one is encountering God through his word. Encountering God through his word. Now, it's interesting that this says encountering God. It doesn't just say read the word, does it? The, the truth is that you realize that this, the word of God, what we have today has been the most attacked piece of literature in the history of mankind, but is the most accurate piece of historical literature of mankind. Why do you think that is? God has preserved his word for us, has he not? God has preserved this for us, and it's not just a book about these stories. God is revealing himself to us through his word. Three things are on the screen. It says read it. It's on your outline as well. Read it. Obey it. Internalize it. Or internalize it, you could add to that. Memorize and meditate on it. In verse number one, hear my children the instruction of the Father. Hear or read the word. Proverbs 4.10 again says, hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many. Verse 20, my son, give attention to my ears, my words, incline your ear to my saying. To read it. You can look up in verse 2 and verse 4, talk about not only read it, but we're to obey it. In Psalms 119, verse 11, David said, Thy words have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee or against God. To get God's word in our life. And I, and I wonder this morning, how much, and, and so you, you can kind of evaluate your life today, how much time do you spend in God's Word? I read somewhere uh, the other day, if someone stole your Bible, how many days would you go without noticing? That's a scary thought, isn't it? How, how many of us, we have our place that the Bible goes after Sunday morning church, and I'll see you again next week. The truth is, we are way more dependent on our phone than what? The Bible. It was hard for you to say that, wasn't it? And, and I'll be the first to admit, when I first get out of bed, you know what I grab first? 
my phone. Maybe what should I grab first? Or at least if you're going to grab your phone first, get the Version Bible app, get the verse of the day, and look at that first, okay? But mostly what we're checking is how many notifications we got, right? How many likes? Do you realize... So when David said in Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. At best, you know what David was reading? The first five books of the Old Testament. My guess is, is when you have a problem, you're not turning to Deuteronomy to look how you can fix your problem, right? But you know why? It's because we look at the Bible with the wrong attitude. We look at the Bible and we address the Bible like it's a concordance. So I have a problem, okay, I'm having a problem with lust. What, I'm going to look up what, what verses talk about lust, and that will be my seven steps on how to avoid lust today. Or I have financial problems, what, what, how am I going to, and we look at the Bible only to fix our problems. Why did David say, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The reality is, is when we get into God's word, guess what we get? God. We get God. Robbie Gowdy puts it this way. We make a mistake when we read the Bible looking for us. And that's the way we approach the Bible, isn't it? How can it fix me? We read the Bible looking, we need to read the Bible looking for Jesus. It's not about us, it's about him. And I wonder this morning, how much time do you spend in God's word? What I put in is what's going to come out. And when I spend time in God's word, I'm spending time with the creator of the universe. The one who loves me so much, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you so much that he's preserved his word. And I don't think oftentimes we get the Bible out and look at it as a relationship. We look at it as what can I get out of it? What's the word today? What's the thought I can get of today? And, and, and I'm not saying don't approach it that way, but I'm saying it's deeper than that. It's not just that. It's I'm getting to spend time with God himself. And as the word goes in my life, the word transforms my life. What does Romans say? Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be What? transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? I get in the Bible. And I, I want to challenge you that we, uh, as a church, we're going through the what's called the F260 plan. And some of you are reading this faithfully. Uh, on the back as you leave, on that table there on the back as you leave, there's one of these pieces of paper there, the F260 Bible reading plan. And I am encourage you to get that. Okay, And then I'm going to also encourage you, go to our website, Okay, you're going to go on our website, click on the link that says connect. Are you guys tracking with me? You guys still awake out there? Click on connect. Then on the drop-down menu, it's going to say discipleship. 
Click on Discipleship, and it's going to bring you to a book that I want you to purchase. It's called Growing Up. Okay, in the Growing Up book, and we're going to go through this real quickly, all right, uh, on the screen here is going to say the Here Bible Study Method, all right? So if you've not gone through uh, this book, we're going to go through. I'm just trying to whet your appetite to get into God's Word, the Here Bible Study Method. So get the book, Growing Up. I'm going to give you the instructions again. Go to our website, hbcfw.org. Okay, if you've got your phone out kind of hid right now and, and clicked on the website, you could do it right now. And you're going to click on Connect, then Discipleship, and then it's going to give you a link that goes to Amazon. You can buy this book for like $8.99. I think Kindle is like $5.99 version growing up. And here's what you're going to be taught to do. Highlight, explain, apply, and respond. So I'm going to read a passage of Scripture, preferably if you want to track with us one of these. You're going to take time to read the Bible, that passage of Scripture, and you're going to highlight in that passage of Scripture what verse jumps off on the page to me. Then you're going to take time to explain, well, who was this written to, and what's the context it was written to, and what are the verses preceding and after the verse that I thought jumped off the page on me, and then how does this apply to my life today? And what's my response to it? Maybe it's a prayer of confession. Maybe it's a prayer of surrender. Maybe it's a prayer of commitment. Maybe it's a list to do something, action. How many of you would, this is going to be open confession. Are you guys ready for some open confession this morning? You guys aren't ready for open confession, are you? That's a loaded question. How many of you think, this is not going to be as hard as you think. How many of you think, let me rephrase it, how many of you know you don't spend enough time in God's word? Okay, should be all of us, right? We're going to watch a video that I think is going to be a little startling to you. That reveal to you how much time you do other things and how much time on average we spend in God's Word. Watch this video.
So I'll ask the question again. How many of you know you don't spend enough time in God's Word? Over and over again, that video was saying the creator and the sustainer of this world. We'll move on to number two. So encounter God through his word. The next one is encountering God through his way. Encountering God through his word, encountering God through his way. So I'd encourage you, uh, go buy that book. Also, uh, there's also a PDF, I think a free download, on the Here Bible Study Method. So that's H period A or H-E-A-R, right? I can't spell. By Robbie Gallaty. So if you'd like to download that. But encountering God through his way, what does this mean? Listen to this statement. An active pursuit of working with God and for God protects your heart. Let me read that again. An active pursuit of working with God and for God protects your heart. In other words, the question is, so here's what I believe. That real disciples or true disciples make disciples. Think about that for a moment. In Matthew, we're told, go make disciples, right? Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded. Are you actively involved in the process of making disciples? And there's a lot of ways that you could be involved in making disciples, right? Maybe that's just teaching a Sunday school or helping a Sunday school class or serving at church, being a part of the Connect team in all kind of different ways that you could be actively involved in making disciples. You see, I believe that God has placed people inside the body of Christ into a local New Testament Bible-believing church to be involved. And if you're not actively involved in some form of serving or mission work or making disciples a part of the process, and I'm not talking about just giving your money, it's more than that. And how much of a disciple are you really? So we want to encounter God through his word. We, we get God when we get into his word, but I also believe that we will encounter God in this way. Or in this work, being involved. Making disciples who make disciples. Now there's three things here, the mouth, eyes, and feet. And uh, if you're old enough, there's probably a song going through your mind about that, but uh, I'm not going to sing it for you. So it's really simple in this passage of Scripture in Proverbs 4 here. I'm going to guard my heart by guarding my mouth. Put away from you deceitful mouth and your perverse lips far from you. Listen to the statement. The words coming out of your mouth reveal the condition of your heart. Scripture says in several locations, out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaks. Words coming out of your mouth reveal the condition of your heart. But I would add to that, they also affect the condition of your heart. In other words, I think your, your mouth is not only a thermometer, but a thermostat of your heart. 
In other words, what you speak, you will become. And what you are, you will speak. Are you tracking with me? They're together. If I hang out with people that talk a certain way, guess what eventually I'm going to do? Talk a certain way. I think the biggest thing we struggle with probably in our talk is maybe not so much, you know, the four-letter words, but it's how we choose to use our words. James talks about how powerful our words are, our words can be to put down, to hurt, to destroy, to start a fire. How do you use your words? And your words are a reflection of your heart. Guard your mouth. Number two, guard your eyes. I think this is pretty simple, isn't it, right? Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Do you realize that what you see has a huge impact on what you want? How many of you have ever made this statement? Well, I really don't want to go into the store because if I go in there, I just know I'm going to see something I want. Can I get an amen? I, I mean, that's at least my reason for not going into stores. I, that and I hate it, but listen, listen to this statistic. You can remember more than 80% of what you see and only about 11% of what you hear. What are you looking at? We fool ourselves into thinking that what we look at doesn't really impact us. But we all began this morning by saying what we put in will eventually come out. What do you allow yourself to look at? The next one is our feet. Verse 26 and 27 Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Ponder there means to weigh mentally or to choose well. I think of Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So very practical, very practical things this morning. How about your speech? Guard your heart with your mouth. Guard your heart with places you go what you involve yourself in. Guard your heart with what you look at, what you allow into your life. On your outline this morning is Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look at that verse again. It's right there. It's right in front of you. Put aside every weight or the sin which easily ensnares you. Run with endurance the race that God has given you. 
what's the key in all this? What's the key in guarding my heart? What's, what's the key in keeping my heart pure before God? What's the key in saying, so God has said, with all diligence, guard your heart. Run your race with endurance, the race that God has set before you. What's the key in all that? Look at verse 2. I have it underlined for you guys and in bold print right here in front of you. Look to Jesus. That's freaking me out. Is that freaking anybody else out? <laughs> you guys are like, oh, I see you guys trying not to laugh, right? I'm, there's something going in my head, but I'm not going to say it, all right? I'm going to guard my mouth and not say what I'm thinking. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The last statement there on your outline, your focus determines your direction. Look what it says there on your outline again, verse number one. Let us lay aside the weight, the sin, which so easily ensnares us. Can I say that one of, the, one of the biggest things I think that ensnares us in our culture is all kinds of distractions. And we focus our attention on everything but the right thing. We focus our attention on all kinds of maybe even good things. But how am I going to guard my heart? i got to get into his word. I got to get involved in his work. And I got to keep my focus on who? Jesus. And my guess is if you're like me, sometimes that's a struggle. Is, is it a struggle? Let's just, we're open confession. Sometimes it's a struggle for you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Raise your hand. So this verse is telling us, pay attention to what ensnares you. For me, it's busyness. When I get really busy, you know what often is the first thing to go out of my schedule? You know. So how's your focus? Who's your attention on? What's your attention on? Guard your heart, for out of it flow all the issues of life. I want to close your eyes for a moment this morning. Several of you this morning raised your hand that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And in a moment, what's going to happen is we're going to stand, we're going to sing a song of, of worship this morning. But it's also a, an opportunity, a time of response. And in a moment, I'm going to have you stand. And in a moment when we stand, there's going to be people here standing at the front. And they're going to be standing and they're going to be facing you. And this morning, if you gave your life to Christ and you'd like to talk to someone about it, what I'm going to ask you to do in a moment when we stand is to come forward and just come shake the hand of one of these people that will be standing and facing you. There'll be ladies standing. They'll be looking at you. Guys standing here, uh, part of our leadership here at the church. And tell them the decision you made.
They would love to open up the Bible and explain to you again exactly what you did. Maybe this morning God's revealed to you that your focus has not been on God's word or his way or his work. Your focus has been on everything but. And if your focus is on everything but Christ, guess what you're not doing? You're not guarding your heart. And if your heart is of value, your heart is worth protecting. And I would ask you this morning, if that's you, and God has revealed to you, you, you know what, my, your focus is not on me. Then there's a time during this, this song of worship for you to come forward and pray. If you'd like for someone to pray with you, you would do the same thing. Walk forward this morning, shake their hand and say, would you pray with me? My focus is not where it needs to be. Maybe this morning you just like a private time of prayer here at the altar. Then just walk forward and kneel and pray. We'll offer you the opportunity just to pray in, in, in the privacy there, you and God. But I'm going to challenge you this morning. If your focus is not where, it's, where it needs to be, then why not in a moment when we stand, come forward and, and just ask God to forgive you. Ask God to help you refocus on him and what's important. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for those this morning that already gave their life to you. I pray you would give them the courage to, to walk forward this morning, shake someone's hand, and ask them to explain it to them again. Lord, maybe there were some in here that prayed that prayer this morning but didn't raise their hand. Maybe there's some in here that wanted to pray the prayer but they didn't pray the prayer. Lord, give them the courage to walk forward. But Lord, as we've all confessed this morning, may we place a greater value on being alone with you and hearing from you every single day. I'm gonna ask you to stand with us this morning. Dave's gonna lead us in a song of worship. It's an opportunity for you just to worship through music. If you've come forward and pray if you'd like to, simply he says, come just as you are this morning.